Welcome to Revolution Solution, providing you with solutions for your revolution to be a free person in an unfree world. Join us in our pursuit of sovereignty through permaculture, technology, and community. Welcome back to Revolution Solutions. This is Cody with Agora Brewing. And Jared the Permi Guy. And we almost got into it before hitting record, so here we are starting a conversation that we were going to have last week, uh, but got cut short due to technical difficulties. Um, I guess, what, what should I title this? Um, what I want to talk about is being... I guess, uh, sovereign in your ideas. So, you know, if we want to talk about like actually being an individual and not being a stupid sheep, um, this kind of, so, so before we started, we were talking about, um, some of the dumb stuff that gets said on Twitter about JW Mm -hmm. and, you know, how a lot of people aren't even really making an argument and it, you know, just basically ends up being people shitting on him for no reason because they don't have a reason. Um, but, like, and they may have even had some legitimate dispute, like, two or three years ago, but anybody that's jumped in since then has no idea what's going on and you won't expand on the issue. Sure, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, they they don't even want to, like, actually argue their point. And I guess that kind of brought to mind something that happened to me last week. Um one of the reasons I kind of, I'll check, I'll check the uh, Fediverse server every every now and again, but I don't uh, interact as much as I used to because it's turning into Twitter for me again. And the reason is because there are people on the internet who are wrong. <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll just present the argument and then I'll explain why it's dumb. So and this is all by memory at this point. Um, this was last week, so, but. The argument was about um, some uh, relatively successful podcaster posted a um, a link to a study regarding um, vaccinations and whether or not they reduce sperm count. Um, and the comment that he posted with it was, add this to the list of they're trying to kill us, right? Um, and if you read the study, the actual conclusion of the study was that, uh, they took, so they, they explained their method, which was they took sperm samples. Um, I think, I think they took three sperm samples at a time and then they did it immediately after vaccination or I'm sorry. They did it before vaccination, immediately after, and then like three months later or something like that, or like every month for the next three months. So they took, I think they took five data sets. Um, so before, after, and then uh, one, two, three months. Um, and then they said, uh, 
they took the average of those three samples each time and they used that as the the data set and then they took i think or maybe maybe it wasn't three samples from the same person but it was the average of all the samples that they took that might have been it but in either case um what they found was that sperm count was reduced immediately after vaccination but recovered after three months and he says we'll lit file this under they're trying to kill us and what i said was you can't i i responded and asked if he'd even read the the study he just posted because that's not the conclusion they came to it, it's not permanently reducing sperm count it was likely according to the study likely due to immune response elevated immune response which could reduce your sperm count which is true right your sperm count is lower when right. you're sick no shit it seems it seems inversely related to efficacy as well it's like by 90 days nobody's nobody's claiming that the vaccines got much efficacy anymore right right well and and so the so the article says you know the effects are temporary due to immune response fine right it's like that totally makes sense um but what they were trying to argue was that if so so they the big capital t they are mm -hmm. liars therefore it's not temporary just like how they said that the economy was temporary and uh you know the the myocarditis was temporary and so their argument was that because this thing reminds me of these other things and i think they with air quotes are untrustworthy therefore i'm just going to draw a conclusion that the data doesn't support and it's like well okay that's fine right. like you can draw whatever conclusion you want but you, first off you have to prove to me that either this study is wrong because of their math or whatever maybe they maybe they are just outright lying on the data i don't know but you gotta you gotta show me that show me your work or yeah. if you're going to assume that they are liars you can't use the negative evidence of them being liars as positive evidence of a claim that you're now making which is that it permanently reduces sperm count does that make sense yeah i'm following you so that's that's the argument i tried to make and i got swarmed with a bunch of this this person's listeners um basically just call, calling me things like calling me a boomer and acting like i was a, a blue-pilled sheep or something and that i believe the science which no what i asked for was for you to take responsibility for the claim that you made and that i didn't get that and and one person who actually tried to have the argument with me his only argument was they are liars and i kept air quoting him and saying they who is they and he goes you know they and i go okay well they killed kenny right like i don't I, who the fuck is they you know i agree that the system is fucked up but i also understand that you know a couple people who make a study is not the same people who are in the white house is not the same people who are in the who like they could have been paid off but again you need positive evidence proving that you can't just say oh well this is they well right or okay. even like a better theory yeah it, it's it's just <laughs> hand waving it's just them saying well i don't like them the conclusion they draw isn't the one that i think is right therefore i'm going to make up something new to believe which is my conclusion and then i'm going to use this study that doesn't prove what i say as proof that i'm right that mm -hmm. it, it literally makes no sense um 
and and so i said well you're you're literally just making something up to believe and they go no i'm i'm proving a case that these people are untrustworthy and i'm saying well jeez oh, you don't have a case that these people are untrustworthy you you have to be specific these are individuals here right, right. show me the receipts right. find hack their bank account and show me the fucking deposit made by the who or whoever right like mm -hmm. give me something other than just well i think they are untrustworthy Okay, well, if, even if they are untrustworthy, if the government taught in schools that the sky is blue, would you walk outside and go, no, it's not? Like, because you're not free, and Jack Spierko has made this point before, you're not free if you just keep doing the opposite of what somebody else does. Right, Then it's yeah. just reverse That's psychology, really you're just an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was listening to, I, I, I sent a message in the, the, I might call it our boys chat, because I always feel jealous when I hear other people say the boys chat, and I'm not okay. involved. So I'm going to call this our boys chat and other people can cope mm -hmm. and seethe. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to this, uh, like probably the second most recent union of the one union of the unwanted. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys who I had posted the message about, cause I was annoyed with what he was doing later made the point that, you know, that they'll just put out bullshit that like 75, like, you know, back to big T capital. They, um, we'll just put out bullshit that, is not meant to be believable to a critical thinker just because they know that it's going to work on the majority of people. They're just mm -hmm. going to follow whatever they're told. They don't have to, they don't put any thought into it. And mm -hmm. the, the smallest amount of thought is going to destroy it. Right. But then for the other 25%, that's where they'll start putting out like the, the counter theories. He was just like talking about the stuff that derailed nine 11 truth movement and Kennedy assassination and stuff like that. Like they'll just, you know, yeah. CIA, FBI, whatever, will put out these other theories just to like create rabbit holes to 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 off track, sidetrack. Mm -hmm. That's the word, sidetrack. Um, people who would otherwise be doing the work, digging into the nitty gritty, they get stuck in something that's like, whoa, what's this? It's a new shiny thing that I hadn't heard before, and mm -hmm. then their their time's being wasted on something that that uh, could have just came out of somebody's ass. Yeah, that that definitely does happen. I know uh, Monica Perez talks about that a lot. Um, yeah, and serendipitously, but... another episode I was listening to, um, this guy was going into the Rockefellers and Rothschilds, and mm -hmm. oh, that's the other he, name he... I was trying to think of. <clears throat> Rothschilds, yeah. yep. Rhodes, Rothschild, and Rockefeller, all the R's. Yep, there's the three um, R's. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was he was making the case that their their influence, while it's obviously significantly greater than you or I, it's a lot less than they're made out to be. Cause he's like a lot of these quotes and writings and stuff that people will reference in the conspiracy type circles. Mm. Once you start doing any like deep research into them, looking for primary sources or even like just secondary sources near the time that it happened, the whole thing just falls apart. It's just those things like the boiling frog. People say it enough that people take it as true, even though it's not. Yeah. I'm not sure that's boiling frog, but yeah. Um, no, it's like it's like the it's like the the belief that a boiling frog will not leap out of warm water. It's a it's a lie repeated often enough becomes the truth, or becomes believable as the truth. Sure. Okay. Um. Let me think. There's something. There was another reference I wanted to make. Uh Oh dang it. Well, it'll come back to me. I apologize. I was <laughs> telling Jared before we started this that I'm a little high on painkillers. I've got more back issues I'm going to the doctor for, so.
Um, give me a second here. No worries. Uh, well, I guess I'll just I'll just segue into um one of the the a lot of this it goes back to um one of my favorite oh that's what it was um if you listen to there was an episode on tom woods uh a few weeks ago where he had michael malice on to talk about roe v wade and malice brought up uh michael humor's um the righteous mind and so the righteous mind is basically this book describing what we're talking about right now which is that um people will believe whatever they want to believe based on whether or not they like the person who's telling it to them. Yes. If I can offer a quick correction without derailing, mm -hmm. it was Jonathan Haidt. And I I thought so, but I wanted to look it up because I just bought this. I found it good well recently. I'm sorry. I I saw a bunch of humor in my Amazon list the other day and I, he's a philosopher as well. And I mixed him up. No worries. The only reason I thought of it is because I found it at a Goodwill recently. Nice. But please continue. Yeah, okay. It's The Righteous Mind by Height. Sorry, H-A-I-D-T. Um, yes. Yeah, so so if, let's say, you know, I even as an anarchist, right? So I don't like what the government says, therefore I automatically disbelieve what they say. The issue that I have, like, you could you could be skeptical, you could be automatically skeptical, but it, when you just automatically believe the opposite, you're not taking responsibility for your um, for your beliefs. You're just, I don't know, you're you're basing your opinions on whether or not you like or dislike the person who says them. Yes, and that brings you, you've me, got the you go ahead, go ahead. Okay, well that brings me to um, my favorite book series, which was written by actually an objectivist named Terry Goodkind. Um, and I have my issues with objectivism, which we could probably talk about sometime, but um, the this book series, I think, did it better than Ayn Rand ever could. Um, it's basically Atlas Shrugged, but it's a whole series, uh, and it's called The Sword of Truth. And one of the key things about The Sword of Truth is that every book exposes um, what are called wizard's rules. So it's a, um, it's a fantasy series, obviously, but it's based in sort of philosophy, and he does kind of do like some um what would you call it free market economics stuff in one of the books uh where the main character is sort of trying to survive in a fictional version of soviet russia essentially um but the these rules these rules are are essentially philosophical axioms to live by the first of which is people are stupid and they'll believe anything they as long as they want to or they're afraid it's true right um, and I think you could also include in there that people are, they, they are resistant to being, to admitting that they're wrong. Absolutely. So as soon as they believe something, and this goes to, um, I think it's called anchoring bias, where mm-hmm. the first thing I hear is what I believe before the second thing I hear, even if the second thing is correct. Yeah. So it's what Ricky Verandez always talks about with, it's easier to trick people than to convince them they've been tricked. Exactly. Right. Because you, you're shattering a system that's already been built in the mind. And mm-hmm. that's really hard to do because it's actually like it's a physical growth thing that happens with your brain cells, like the way your yeah. brain networks. And if you break that, like it's a really hard thing for people. Yeah. Jack, um, like a whole episode on this recently where, you know, it could be just one thing that you're questioning somebody about. But to question that, they have to question their entire worldview. Yeah. 
well and it's just like so like imagine the covid stuff um if there is no virus if 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 you tried to dismantle anything regarding like policy or the virus itself or viruses in general let's say you believe in terrain theory um which i pretty much do at this point uh if you try to dismantle any of those things what you're basically asking like a, a status to do is to admit that they ruined millions of people's lives over nothing that yeah. it wasn't worth doing or that that they are um complicit in murder or whatever it is so like or like yemen take yemen a lot of the reason people won't admit like all the stuff that obama has said on tape or in email or whatever that we've got due to foia releases and everything else all the evidence that we have to show our involvement in yemen and people will just go no that's not us you know we're just that's the saudis or whatever because if they're wrong then they've been supporting a government that's just committing genocide. Yeah. Right. Yep. So that's they why they wouldn't moral... even do it under Trump. Yeah, exactly. And they have a moral reason to avoid being wrong in this situation. And that's really hard for people. Um, yeah. So in the case of like these studies and stuff, um, it's really easy to put yourself on a pedestal and say, see, that guy's trying to kill everybody. And it's like, well, you have to have, you have to actually have evidence like they, they may be untrustworthy, but it's just you're using you're using unrelated nonsense to prove a claim that it doesn't prove. Because there... you have to be right about this because you have a moral obligation to be right about this. Mm hmm. Is there any chance that you are taking this more seriously than it was intended to be? Because it. My my analysis that was that was not asked for as an outsider, not knowing who this person is, is feeling like this was just like a form of in-group signaling that wasn't meant to have any sort of depth to it. But I also will contradict my own self here quickly because there was back and forth that followed where the person seems to have just been retarded. Well, the the person who was responding to me was not the original poster. Gotcha. Okay. So the original post was file this under they're trying to kill us which implies that when someone sees a headline and the headline says vaccinations reduce sperm count and he says they're trying to kill us you are implying a positive claim that sperm count remains low permanently and i'm saying that yeah, i don't care I what your that. reason to distrust them is that does not prove that claim and you're making this claim to a group of people who are going to lap it right up and these are big podcasters like they're bigger than pq or as big as okay. PQ at least like they've been so doing this, this for was, 14 years they've this been podcasting like, for 14 years interesting so hmm. it's almost like it's almost like a just an engagement troll maybe but it here's here's the thing they so it's a bit they do on the show is they're trying to kill us right um okay the other host of this show i have caught misrepresenting statistics before as well um so but prior to this maybe let's say six months ago no maybe a year ago now um there was the whole thing there was a study that came out that a lot of people were sharing that said vaccination causes 82 percent miscarriage rate which is wrong 
if you actually yes, sit I remember that. down and do the math, the miscarriage rate, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was not 82%, because included in that 82% was people who were still pregnant when they finished the study. So the study is worthless because they didn't actually finish it. They just stopped caring about it when three quarters of the people in the study hadn't even had their baby yet. Mm. And they called it, um, I, they used a term that made it sound like the baby had been miscarried, but it wasn't, they were just still pregnant. So I think yeah, it's I like, think a, they, like an uncompleted it like, pregnancy or something. Yeah. Yeah, it said the, the well the baby didn't come to term and it's like, "Oh my god, it's a miscarriage." No, she's still pregnant. <laughs> and and so so they're sharing on the show and screaming, "Oh my god, 82%." And I comment and I take I take pictures of pen and paper, me printing out that study and doing the math with pen and paper and showing my work and I sent it to him and I said, "Dude, all you can prove is that this study is worthless. It does not prove anything that you just said." And he gets on the show a week later and goes, oh, I got completely uh, lambasted for this and people were pissed and blah, blah, blah. And I'm doubling down and this is, you know, awful oh, and miscarriages. Yeah. Yeah. He doubled down. Twice. It's just a lot of engagement like a, trolling. Like literally the next week and a month later, he doubled down twice and acted like people like me were assholes for calling him out on it and said, no, 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 it's 82. It's 82. And I'm like, holy shit. Like. All you did was see someone criticize you and you flipped your shit and you didn't even check your work. You didn't check your work at all. And yeah. that's all I want because here's my thing. My value that I chose, I think when I was like eight years old, was that I wanted to be right regardless of, of anybody's feelings. And it wasn't I want to be right as in, you know, I'll, I will bash you until you say that I'm right regardless of whether or not I am. No, it's if I'm wrong, you better fucking tell me because I would rather be right. Mm -hmm. Like actually yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Not not I'm going to bash you into making me correct. No, I'm I want to be right. Because to me, understanding actual reality is more important than anybody's feelings. Like I don't care how you feel about it. It just is, right? Like if if a mm -hmm. family member dies, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that they're coming back next week or whatever. That they're just on sure. a trip, right? <laughs> like I, I refuse, I refuse to do that shit to my own brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. And this, so, so the first rule is that people will believe anything because they want to or because they're afraid. The sixth rule, which the first one is a warning, the sixth rule is that reason is the only king we can allow to rule us. Okay. That sounds very that, objectivist. It is, and that's you know <laughs> it, he is an objectivist, but. I yep. appreciate his version of it better than Ayn Rand's because Ayn Rand, I think, was just awful in a lot of ways. Um, and there's a few things in those books that you might catch where you're like, oh, this guy's being a little inconsistent. But the the philosophy itself and the, the wizard's rules themselves do make sense and they are consistent. There's just a couple things where I'm like, uh, you're, that was dumb because you're an objectivist and not a libertarian. Um, yeah, yeah, objectivist kind of like the... the like luckily I haven't had too much taint or exposure mm. and I haven't I haven't gotten to read uh Atlas Shrugged or the Fountainhead yet, but I have read Anthem and Anthem was really fucking good. Yeah. Um from I recommend that, that one. Best. Yeah, even for me who is a very slow reader, I I read it in like less than a week. Nice. Yeah. So very the, good. the the first sort of truth book, um, which is Wizard called Wizard's First Rule, that one I can read in a weekend. Um, because it, the pacing is perfect. 
Um, it takes me significantly longer on every subsequent book, but the first book I can read in two days. That's cool. So, yeah, they're pretty ha yeah. pretty hefty books from the one that I've picked up. I always take a look around because I know you've talked talked mm -hmm. well about Terry Good Terry Goodkind for a while, and there's yeah. another Terry something or other that I see a lot of his books around, and I'm always like, is this the guy? Because he's like published by uh, like tour publishers or something like that. That seems in the same oh, vein, and it always throws me off. I don't know who that guy is, and I haven't oh, looked yeah. into any of his books because I just knew it was the wrong guy. Yeah, I think Tor Publishing is the uh, sort of truth because it's got like the little red thing for the logo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty noticeable. Yeah, so yeah, if you ever get your hands on the first book, just read that, and you'll totally understand why I, because I read those in high school, and um, it really did shape how I look at basically everything. And whenever someone tells me new information, I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what's your angle? Or is this just something basic you're telling me? Um, mm -hmm. That's a good framework to go in, in with, period. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. Um, also, um, again, to reference Jack Spierko, because he has been a, a big influence on me for years at this point. Um, he did a, a pretty good uh, episode recently. I'll hunt it down and put it in the show notes just about uh analyzing news critically and it's it's all pretty simple stuff but it, you know it's a good framework to force yourself to go through when you see something especially if it's something that confirms your biases mm -hmm. um cuz a lot of us just have the immediate reaction to sort into the disregard category if it disagrees with us and just keep on scrolling or mm -hmm. if it agrees with us just like and move on like either way you're disregarding it basically um, but everything requires a, a healthy deal of skepticism. And, you know, what I was going to say earlier, the, the person that was arguing with you did a really good job of the don't trust part, but they did none of the verify, verify part, exactly. which is just as important. <laughs> exactly. That's really what it comes down to. And so, yes, you know, because you're angry about something or whatever, you just make up a new claim and assume it's correct because it reminds you of other claims that were correct. And it's just mm -hmm. like, are, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's the logic here. It reminds me of this other time they said the word temporary. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, either the data collection is bad or their math is bad. But you can't, you can't just, like, make up something else to believe and then use this article and say, look, you know, here's proof. They're untrustworthy, but I'm going to take half of what they said and not the other half. But also they're untrustworthy, yeah. so I should take none of it. But then I'm also going to make a mm -hmm. claim that's supported by this, but it totally isn't. Like, yeah, it's really obnoxious with something like... I don't trust as a, as a supporting evidence for something that I for my own claim. <laughs> yes. Like what? Yes. I just. It's a very garbled so situation. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. Please stop. And this is why this is why I got into Sterner so hard. Because the first thing he says is, you have to own your ideas before they own you. That's yes. it. That's basically it. Own your ideas. And ownership also entails responsibility, which he does also say. So, Pete Q, maybe read the other parts of Sterner that you skimmed over. <laughs> We're not going to make this a Contra Quinones. I've got uh, too much I can go sometime. into. Literally, I will, I know. I will I... pull out my highlights of Sterner and show you why Pete is retarded. 
man, it, 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 it's not worth the time investment to do a live tweeting. Um, yeah, I, I, I've basically been doing it just for my own sanity, but it's, it's not, I, I don't think there's any to putting it out. Yeah. The people who know, know, and the ones who don't, I don't have time to explain it to you. It's like right. Satoshi with Bitcoin. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess all, all I will say about it is, um, being an individual doesn't mean that every man is an Island. That's stupid. And why would you, you know, like if we're, we're going to make all these arguments for individualism and Liberty, um, one of those is that we're not all just an Island or that our self-interest is, um, destructive. Right. Yeah. And he that, understands that. We're, that. Not, we're not doing that. So I yeah. don't know why you can argue that, well, I guess I'll just go live in the woods and the world's going to burn around me. Like, obviously, people don't do that. So, right. He gets that. He just wants to be the least consistent person on the cattle car. Yeah. Right. Because the most consistent motherfucker you know ends up on the boxcar first, right? Is that how that works? Apparently. That's, I yes, allegedly. Now, I'll get off it. Um, let me see. The Righteous Mind, Terry Goodkind, Sterner. Yeah, that's all I got for that topic. Okay. Do you want to do some housekeeping on air here? Um, we can. What are our plans for the next few months? I know you've got some stuff coming up. Maybe it's best to just hash it out here because it's like the one time a week we actually get together to, to talk right. with our voices. Yeah, it's definitely hard to find that time outside of actually recording. Um, let's see. Well, tomorrow is the big brew day. I'm starting two batches, and uh, I'm going to have to like completely pull everything out of my closet to get to some of the brew stuff I had stored. Um, but it's going to be a whole ordeal. I'm going to have to buy a hanging scale like they use for... Uh, um, you know, weighing carcasses and stuff. I'm going to get one of those so I can weigh the honey buckets without doing it. I, I, I used to do it where I would pour it into a little measuring cup thing, like a two cup, me or what is it? Yeah. Yeah. You explaining that. Yeah. It's a two cup measuring cup. Um, and I would have that on the scale and then I would just get as much in there as I could. And then I would write down how much it was and then I would add it all up at the end. So I knew how much honey I'd put in. Oh um, man, I I could I could send you the link for the the shipping scale that I use for eBay stuff. I've nice. I've done like forty inch long packages on it. Nice. Well, I'm getting a. It's like fifteen dollars for like this hanging scale, and all of these buckets have oh, handles okay. on them. So gotcha. I'm you just gonna hang it like a fish. Too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need too much accuracy, like down to the gnat's ass. Yeah, no, I don't. It doesn't need to be that. Because here's the thing. So when I when I measure my honey after mixing it with the water, what I'm actually measuring is sugar content of that. Mm -hmm. So the poundage, what that does is it tells me how much sugar per pound of honey so that I can guess later on how much to use. But like, yes. if it's a, if it's a new type of honey that I'm using, I will go pound by pound and measure it like that. But after a while, it's more about just how do I get the poundage I need into the jug? And up until now, that has been pouring it two cups at a time into the jug and, you know, using a spatula to try to scrape everything up so I'm not dripping honey everywhere. And mm -hmm. I think I think it'll be easier if I can just weigh it, you know, pour it, pour what I need, 
hang it on the thing and weigh it, pour a little more, weigh it, and that'll be easier. Um, so that I'm not wasting a container either or trying to, you know, I'll probably still have a spatula to help get it into the funnel, but I'm not going to be doing it in like three steps. I'll be doing it in one step. Um, so that'll be better. Uh, but that's tomorrow. And then a month later, we'll be transferring and starting more batches. And hopefully I can get all these done as quickly as possible and bottled because I need the containers for the next one. Um, it won't be, unfortunately, it won't be a full year like I did last year because um, last year I was able to start in March and then this year I thought I was going to be moving in April. So I was going to wait until Schilderberg to actually start doing things because I thought I was going to mm -hmm. move in April. Yeah. Uh, since that hasn't happened, we're just doing it here and um, we'll see what next year brings. But as far as the podcast goes, I know you, you had been texting me about possible video content and um, extra interviews. Uh, I guess what, I'm curious about is your setting for that. Like what's your plan to do that? Because, you know, I, I don't have leads. Um, is it going to be people that you know in person or like, are you going to be trying to go to like meetups and events in your area? Both of those. Um... Both? Okay. I, yeah, I want. I need to get to meeting more people in the area, mm -hmm. um, and I just end up. It won't. Uh, let me just start over on that. I need to meet more people in the area, so that's part one. Um, I think you know, just like ha having the podcast as an excuse to get people on to learn about stuff I want to learn about is good. Having the recorder in hand to strike up a conversation like, Hey, I do a podcast. What you're talking about is super interesting. Would you mind explaining for me and the listeners? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just gives me an easier in. Um, so it's kind of, kind of a couple of different reasons for it there. Um, but also I just love some of the stuff that comes out in a lot of Mike's easy peasy podcasts where he's mm -hmm. doing shit like that, where he's just bullshitting with people. And then you'll start like hacking away and getting down to deeper truth and like, I don't know, just getting a feel for people that otherwise you may not have come in contact with um, that and going to more of these events um, and just kind of making a point to be more social in those environments um, are all reasons for it. So it's almost, it's like a, a personal development thing for me, but also I, they, I guess they feed back into each other. It's also yeah. just more more stuff I'd like to have documented. Gotcha. Yeah, sure. Um, that's honestly that's kind of how I've always done social things. Like I, for me, it was disc golf for a long time because we're all we're all there to do the same thing. So it's a really good way to meet people mm -hmm. um, rather than just like I don't know talking to someone in the grocery line or whatever. Um, right. I guess so. I'm I'm 
I don't know what I want to say on the show about uh, how we're going to figure this out, but I don't, I'm not sure on the live stream thing, like, what do you have in mind for that? Like, if, if we start doing live content, is that like, do you want that to just be like Zoom calls or? So I've got a few different ideas of things that I would like to do. So it seems that a lot of the podcasts I enjoy are going to the live content for the community building and engagement and such, which would mm -hmm. be incredible to begin to foster. I also think it would be a better way to, excuse me, be able to spread the word more on the t-shirt store and stuff like that. And also, right. um, again, just kind of documenting some different things. So I want to, I want to have like, I don't know, like diff different builds and stuff I do around the house documented for, you know, at least for like my kids and stuff, like how, how to's and stuff like that. And I may as well put it out there and be able to respond to questions and stuff and force me to understand what I'm doing and why better. Uh -huh. um, so all that kind of feeds into it. So it'd be, it'd be like going through projects, um, working through different stuff with the businesses I do. Cause I feel like I've got a pretty good feel for at, at least you know, the, the basics for the different things that I do. Um, it's stuff that like, it, it's, it's easy once you get started, but it's just kind of obnoxious to get the hang of initially. So it's stuff I'd like to share in that way. Um, gotcha. be able to pick up additional ideas, uh, from people along the way. Like I just recently found out that rebel scum Han on Twitter, um, you may have known her from the fag cast as the cryptid bartender is doing a very similar business to what I do, but she has got fucking amazing designs and she does absurdly good tie dye. Um, so I need a, like that would be a person I would like to talk to, to go through, you know, I guess that's, that's also something that could just be handled as an audio interview, but to be able to, to kind of see her process and, you know, more or less look over her shoulder and stuff like that would be handy for me. Um, Right. And trying trying to come up with new ideas, but also nice to to share it if she's willing, you know, as as an example. Mm -hmm. So I guess that that's what makes it tough for me in terms of live streams is I'm thinking like, you know, because I've spent hours upon hours on YouTube before and you kind of get into this thin wall where like, you know, for a while there I tried to do my brewing thing live as sort of like a, Hey, like hop in and see what I'm doing. Cause this is what I'm bringing to Childerberg kind of thing. So you can actually mm -hmm. see me doing it. And it just takes forever. Um, my process takes several hours to do, um, especially when I was doing it the old way with the honey that it's not fast at all. Um, and so in my opinion, in, in my case, uh, shortening it into a sort of like a 10 minute, 15 minute video of walking you through the steps and just saying what you did rather than um doing it live because you know there's actually a few good mead channels out there and what they tend to do is they'll explain what they're doing and then it, they'll show like a sped up version of them like putting things together yep. and then they'll yep, stop yep. and talk about it for a second you know um yeah and that's you know th this kind of for me personally this goes back to my saying which is i'm not a youtuber because I, I don't mm -hmm. want to sit around and do the video editing. And I, I feel like 
it's a lot of work for not much return for me where what I'm trying to do really is make a product to sell to people or to, you know, eventually sell to people um, as a, as a legitimate business. And so maybe what I might do is more, um, actually just like putting things together and talking about what I did. And if I do, if I do a live stream, maybe that's sort of like a, a conversational setting where I'm not necessarily showing what I'm doing, but maybe I'm doing like a Q and a session or, um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I my thought would be almost why not both, but trying to remove the video editing portion because I don't know anything about that yet, and I don't feel like taking it on at this point. Um, basically, what comes to mind for me is a lot of the folks that do like eBay selling, where they're actually getting you know used items from wherever, clean them up, make them look nice, get the pictures put on eBay, sell it, ship it. They'll do you know, just live streams where they're working through piles of shit they got. They'll talk about what they got, work on listing it while they're just hanging out in the chat. So it increases the engagement. You're able to handle questions while you're going through it. Cause it's kind of more or less a mindless task. You're just going through and like listing the attributes of the thing, writing a little description for it, right? weighing it, et cetera. So it's not well, something that requires a lot of attention, but it's something that you can like, if, if it is known, like you're here, I'm here, I'm, working on printing out some designs, getting like weeding them and then putting them on shirts. It's not something that involves a lot of attention from me, but it's something that involves enough attention where I can't carry a conversation. But if it's understood that I'm here doing this and I'll keep an eye on chat or, you know, respond as, as my concentration allows to conversation that's happening audibly, then it's something that would be interesting. I think. Okay. So, um, this is actually kind of what I had tried to do when I was live streaming is I would I would get like a random Twitter friend to join me in the voice chat. And so I'd be doing stuff mm-hmm. and I'd tell them, hey, uh, tell me what's going on in the chat and we'll try to like respond to what people are saying. Um, the problem was is I would get maybe like four people to join in ever on those things. Um, but, you know, yeah. it, it was a good time because I would have I would basically like have I'd have a beer in my hand while I was doing my mead making and then i'd be basically hanging out in voice chat with uh one person and and maybe some people who are checking in to see what i was doing um so what i what i want to propose then i think might actually be successful is since you and i have been doing this together already um we could have now i don't know if we do it every week or maybe we would alternate between each other or whatever but it, like, if I'm going to have a big brew day, I could hop in and, um, you know, I'll have my video on and you could be, you know, watching the chat. And then mm-hmm. when you're doing something, I you have your video on and then I'll be watching the chat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that might be fun, but we it, it may not be like a every week thing. It might be like you know once a month because that's once a month is about as often as I do anything anyway. And the things that I do in between or just little you know maybe it takes all of like 30 minutes for me to mess with something um but if if i'm doing something like bottling where that takes a little bit of time um i could jump in and do that or and we can schedule the day for it so sweet and, and vice versa for you um although i know with with yours you're um maybe not as 
time sensitive or you know i'm doing one big bulk thing whereas you're doing many small things um yeah just like all the time as i have time oh really so that's that's your hobby mm-hmm. now just like you turn a movie on and, and do that or something yeah, it's part of it podcast yeah um yeah because that's what i used to do i used to listen to podcasts while i was brewing and i think i'm to a point now where what i'd almost rather do is just like have a little radio going or something and um you know put a headphone in and jump into a discord chat and then we can have people join that or or youtube Mm -hmm. or whatever it happens to be um and and i can show you so that's something is we need to schedule um because i want to show you how to do recording especially for if you're doing your own kind of segment thing um and how to do live streams as well uh the only crappy thing i'll say this on air is that with youtube you have to have a thousand subscribers to be able to live stream from your phone so the way i got around it was i was actually i had two different discord accounts and i would join my own chat room with both of them and one of the discord accounts was my phone watching me as a camera and the other discord nice. account was on the computer live streaming to youtube mm-hmm. um i'm not sure how well that worked for everybody or what but hopefully it looked somewhat like a zoom call with myself uh and whoever i got to join the actual voice chat with me um whoever my guest that time happened to be um but okay yeah this is a, this is a lot more interesting than i originally was thinking because you know, for a while I was like, I don't know, like, I I don't know how much time I want to put into, like, doing the sort of things that I see, like, Breaking the Rules does on YouTube, where they're like, we're going to have people join our live stream, and we're going to talk about stuff, and be, you know, I don't, I don't even know, like, they, they always just sort of argue about things, and they'll have, like, senator candidates come on, and I don't even know, Breaking the Rules is a weird show. Um... <clears throat> So yeah, that that might be fun if we do it maybe like twice a month. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be fairly reasonable place to start. Um, yeah. Not a huge commitment, um, something that we can work with. I'm actually also in the process right now, as we speak, of claiming the Twitch channel for Revsoul Pod. So oh, cool. that is an option we can do from zero followers. Oh, you know, I've always actually wondered about Twitch, and I've never messed with it. I've never been on the creator side of that, so. I was I did it when I was playing back through uh The Witcher um and I was getting two or three viewers while I played which was crazy for a game that was 7 years old at the time. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like if you can be entertaining about it, I you know, people will oh, watch I didn't, I didn't even have voice chat. I was just playing. <laughs> nice. I didn't I, I didn't have voice chat or anything. You know what's common with that? A lot of people will pull they'll do Twitch and find like a game that they like, and they'll just have it playing on their screen while they're doing other stuff. Yep, I like, do that all the time. I'll watch. I've got. House. Yep, I got a yeah. an old iPad for free that it, it it can't really get like anything useful because the OS can't get updated to mm-hmm. get the apps. And they don't support the older OS, so I'll just have videos of like some of the old school pool players playing pool, just mm-hmm. watching that passively as I'm doing work, or I'll throw on. You know, some game that I'm into at the time. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah, so I think that would be cool, because then what maybe we can do is, like, if one of us isn't doing a um, a thing, we could find somebody to be like, hey, like, if you're doing woodworking or something, 
would you want to, um, I guess, have a camera on it while you're doing it, and then we can mm -hmm. chat while you work or something? I don't know. Hell yeah. Because that sounds interesting to me, just, just to have something fun to do. I don't know. So yeah, if you're interested in this at all, find us on Twitch now. Twitch.tv slash RevSoulPod. Nice. Okay, that's interesting. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I would be willing to do because I've got things I already need to do. So if I can just hang out and chat while we do it, that would make this a lot Hell yeah. easier. Because that, that's something that doesn't bother me at all. I was actually planning on doing it tomorrow. I'm just going to hop in the AA server as soon as I start brewing and just let people jump in and talk to me if they're interested. Nice. So. And if we can figure out how to multi-stream, um, you can like basically go live in... Well, I guess that would be just two separate things. If you've got uh, the live stream going with on Twitch, and you can also, in a voice channel, you can start doing a live stream um, in there as well. So you can have it go in both places. Oh, Your I dog's a toy saying. that I can hear very loudly. Uh, yeah, it's the one thing that gets past the voice activity <laughs> uh, thingy. Um, yeah, it's her favorite ball. Uh, let me think. Well, because so there's this OBS software, which is one of the things I'll have to show you how to work. Um, mm -hmm. But that's what all the YouTubers use. And basically, when you start a live stream, it gives you a it gives you a, a link that you paste into OBS. Um. So I don't know if Twitch also does that or if Twitch is like its own program that you run. Twitch has its own video producer gotcha. thing that I'm looking at right now. I've, I've never messed with it because, again, what the, the only streaming I've done on Twitch was just, hey, I'm playing Witcher as it is, and I have Twitch on my Xbox, so I just pulled it up and made it go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, and also I need to... I'll probably need a actual camera because my logitech cheapo 720p webcam is not gonna do it <laughs> i've already tried <laughs> um Oof. i've also i guess i could do the phone thing again and just log in there and put put a headphone in and not worry about it um and then you could stream off of yours since if if we're gonna do this as a group um mm -hmm. i i don't need the burner account to cheat the system um, right, right. And I'll send you login yeah. creds so you can go do it by yourself too if I'm unavailable. Right. Yeah, okay. Um Yeah, so that's ideas for the show coming up. Um share this episode around if if uh you want to get people interested or whatever. Yeah, um, give us feedback. If these ideas are stupid, tell us. Yeah. And also I guess like if at some point we'd like to I don't know, maybe make a club out of it. Uh, but I also feel like we're not big enough to have a Patreon or anything yet. So, yeah, not not near the point that I feel it's worth justifying trying to understand any of that yet. Or not even that, but just like justifying trying to sell it to people. I kind of feel like I more just want to hang out, anyways. Yep, yep, that's so, where I'm at too. I'm just trying to learn yep. at this. Okay, well, at that rate, because then if if we um. I, I would reopen, maybe not reopen, but get a new YouTube account um, for uploading any recordings we have of these, just because when it comes to my brewing stuff, I definitely want people to recognize me as a brewer 
Um, and I know YouTube is a place where a lot of that goes down. Um, homebrew oh, YouTube yeah. is a big deal. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think that'll, that'll help with both of our little projects here. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll... Hold on. I don't know how captivating the audio content this will be, but I'm trying to sign into Anchor. Do you have a guess of how many active viewers we have right now? Listeners? Active listeners right now, um, less than 15. Have you seen the numbers recently? Um, almost every time I post, so... Ah, oh, damn. Okay. It depends Audience. whether or not I click on the dashboard. Yeah, I haven't logged into this in probably a month or maybe even two. Yeah. Um, we get 13 plays per episode, but our audience size is 16, so I don't know how those make any sense. Yeah, there's like some metadata way that they figure that out, but it's like, okay. I I don't know. I don't know how they figure that out. Because they've also Man. got stuff on there that says like men and women listeners too, and I'm always like, okay. How do you know? Yeah, that, <laughs> that one is weird. A lot of people are using Antenna Pod, which is awesome. I like Antenna Pod. That's what I use. Oh, I know okay. I'm one of. The, I know I'm one of that number because I'm subscribed. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I'm subscribed too. So, but I don't know. If, like, how do they know? Are, are they basing it on subscribers? or Are they basing it on plays? Like, those are things that I would actually want to know. But number of lis- listeners is such a arbitrary. Yeah, I don't know how you would calculate that. I also mark every one of our episodes played, like just oh. to make the new right. the new flag go away. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's kind of what I do is I mark a lot of stuff as played, and I always wonder like, does marking it as played actually make it show as played on their end, or does it? Do I have to actually listen to it all the way through? Yeah, that's something I kind of wonder as well. That's one of yeah. the the nice things with podcasting 2.0 apps is that. You know, it actually is keeping track of how many minutes are listened because it's got the sat streamed. You can set the rate per minute. Oh, does it? You know, the, yeah, you can set it oh, up for shit. whatever. And it seemed, it seems like Fountain is finally like becoming worth using, but I've had to switch, like transfer all my unlistened shit, which is a manual thing of just going through, finding all the stuff I haven't listened to yet that I want to eventually. And that like flagging it in some way that I know to go to it. I've done that twice in the last few months, and I don't want to fucking do it again. <laughs> it's like a two-hour commitment just to be back where I was, and I hate it. So I'm not going back to Fountain. Uh, that's they annoying. just they yeah. just now got it to where you could download it. Yeah, I, I've heard I no confirmation they do, they about release something that's barely functional, and then they just keep updating it until it's something good. And it's like, mm-hmm. look who are you who are you competing with? Like, do do the work first and then publish it. Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Like, I tried Fountain. They didn't have... You couldn't download episodes. You couldn't make playlists or queue podcasts. Mm-hmm. You couldn't You couldn't skip through ads or just, like, fast forward at all or go back. It didn't show oh, up wow. on the home screen when the app was closed. It's like there, there was no redeeming quality to it from a listener's perspective. Mm-hmm. Hey, is um is Podbean a podcasting 2.0 or is it just? I don't know. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Podbean. Podbean was popular with the Fagcast, and I don't know why, because I kind of had issues with their app just being clunky in certain ways. Um, but I think maybe because it was a podcasting 2.0, I'm not sure. 
I do not know. But that was a long time ago. That's before I even knew what podcasting 2.0 was. So I like antenna. That's all I know. And it's right. FOSS. It's FOSS, so rock on. Sweet. Cool. Well, um, hope you all learned something. Take responsibility for your brain. Um, True. Stop check out the Etsy shop. Arguments. Yeah, check check out his Etsy shop, which will be in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Um, also, if you know uh, Rachel Tobias on Twitter, hit her up and get the information for that hot sauce because he will ship it. Nice. Um, That's Jason, awesome. Jason's no bullshit hot sauce. It's good. I like it. It's my favorite. I got to remember where I put mine because I got one. Shit. Oh, no. <laughs> I got the yeah, only one that can handle the heat. Like, they're, yeah. they're all fucking delicious. I'm such a bitch white boy when it comes to heat that I couldn't do it. I think you are. Because to me, I could just keep eating this stuff, and I would actually get an upset stomach before I th- thought it was too hot. Like I just oh man, it. yeah, I'm, it's so good. I'm pathetic. <laughs> it's yeah, not that I'm bad. Pathetic. <laughs> I need I need I need salt and crackers and pudding or something. Yeah, I'm not even not even British. <laughs> you just need every bland food you can think of. Yes, <laughs> bread pudding with oh. no sugar in it. Also, how soon do you need jalapenos? I've just got like maybe. Just I have twenty today. I haven't like grown uh, in size or turned color in any way in weeks. I was waiting for them to do something to make, like, make it obvious to me that they are fully ripened, okay. and they haven't. So I just went and got the biggest ones today. Um, I'll need them in a month. Okay. Because okay. tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be the wildflower batches. So tomorrow, I'm going to the store to buy like eight pounds of cherries. No, ten pounds. Because when you pit them, it turns into eight pounds. Um, gotcha. So I'm I'm buying ten pounds of cherries tomorrow, and I'm doing those. And then when those are done and transferred, the jugs they were in will get cleaned out and used for jalapeno and something else. I forget. Hell yeah! yeah. You gotta find a good some good. Uh, well, I don't even know. That's necessarily they may be able to stand on their own, but something that'll complement these special jalapenos. I don't um, know. I don't know what could go. I with find. Them. I find don't discuss that... it on air. Let it be a secret. <laughs> oh well uh, sure okay well not what kind of jalapenos they are but i just find that the jalapeno is better by itself because i've tried doing okay. it with hops before and it just ends up kind of dank and i'm not sure if i like it or not mm, i like, like a nice dank jalapeno. beer <laughs> i like the jalapeno by itself because it tastes a lot like the uh, jellies we used to get and put with cream cheese on crackers when i was a kid okay if you get like jalapeno or habanero jellies Oh, so good. And so that's that's why I like the jalapeno meat so much is because it reminds me of that. It reminds me of camping when I was like 12. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, for the listeners who've stuck around this long, because like, why would you at this point? We've just been babbling for like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, I am just over halfway through the fourth turning. I'm reading it every chan- time that I get the chance. It's not been that much time recently, mm-hmm. but once I finish it, Jake is going to come on. He's already committed to it and talk about the fourth turning with me. It may end up being four episodes, one for each turning. That would be super cool. Um, cause I expect oh, it, it's really cool. Like we've been discussing it some recently in the DMS. Um, and it, it's interesting the different growing ups that we had growings up. I don't know how to pluralize that. Mm. Um, but it's been interesting because we've got, it's weird. I think, one of my parents might be older than both of his, even though he's like 10 years older than me. 
Um, yeah. So it's like it's kind of weird how we fall into the generational spreads and like you know the yeah. predictions based on the where we fall in the generations is all kind of kind of weird for us because we're at, at in a murky point through one way or another. Hmm. It's cool. Yeah, I, I but, had a pretty deep conversation with him about that because I I'm in whatever part of that uh, segment that. You know how they say like the Gen Xers were very like self-centered and and didn't I guess what how do you say it I don't want to say didn't care for their kids but they basically right yeah 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 um Gen X Gen X I'm trying to think what comes before Hero I think it was the Nomad archetype so they yeah they they're a lot more lax in parenting um yeah. I'm not going to speak any further on it. Well, I, I want to get my I thoughts lax, gathered up. I, yeah, so I, no, I was it, on the cusp between like not being parented enough and also being overly parented at the same time. Okay. Where Weird. it's like, yeah, yeah. hey, we want to keep an eye on you, so you're not allowed to like walk down the street to the to the gas station to get a drink. But uh, also, I'm going to do this thing and screw you over there. Go outside and play by yourself. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it was Nomads. Haha. Yeah. I know it. Well, anyway. That is strange. Uh, before, I, before I get off topic and start ranting about my <laughs> parts of my childhood that pissed me off, uh, <laughs> I'll get out of here. <laughs> yeah, before we spend another hour on this. But look yeah. forward to that. I'm really excited about it. This book has been super interesting, and it's a, an like, incredibly useful framework for seeing things the way that they're going. Um, you know, the, the best I can say at this point is expect uh, you know, another another few years of crisis at the least before we get out of this and evolve into a high as it always has done since the 1500s i think it's going to have to something to do with bitcoin that's all i'm going to yes say. yes i think there's a really good chance of that yeah yeah all right well uh thanks for listening cheers yep i love you all peace and love <laughs>